Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the Iffy Market Podcast, brought to you by Mountaintop Data and Joto PR. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Pear Showforce. I think I'm getting this name. You really got through a curveball at me here. But uh, he's um, from Atenga, and we're going to be talking about pricing. Uh, he's the founder of Atenga, where he helps companies with their pricing. And also, he's a serial entrepreneur in the U.S., in Europe, basically international man of pricing mystery here with us today. Uh, Pear, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Sky. And, uh, and, and it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I've actually just changed the name of the company. So it's not uh, Atenga anymore. It's Showforce and Partners. Excellent. I'll make sure to. We will. Well, we won't edit that out, but people will know now. We'll change yep. that. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to, you know, I used to say that um, if you don't remember me for anything else, remember me as the guy with the unpronounceable name. Unpronounceable. And I'm telling you what, putting pair show force and then a tanga all in one string, just I feel like I cast a spell when I say that. <laughs> well, it's it's show force and partners. So show force and partners. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So pricing, let's jump straight into it. Um, one of the things I have down here for you is the one we want to talk about the four P's of marketing and yeah. how pricing fits into that. Um, but uh, then we'll just blow out into all areas of pricing and how to set pricing and different pricing theories and, and all kinds of good stuff. So you want to jump in with the four P's? Um, let me, yeah, th th this is, um, the four piece is interesting. And, and um, let, let me tell you how I got into this. And this is highly relevant to the four piece. And the story is that I, I had a chance to run a couple of companies in Europe and a couple of companies here in the States once I moved here. And, and they, I also established a, um, a division of a fairly large public company. And in, in all of those instances, we did experiments with pricing only because I was interested. It was an interest area. Mm -hmm. And, and um, some of those experiments were hugely successful, like next quarter revenues are up 25%, whereas others were complete disasters. Right. And, um, and what I had learned in business school about pricing uh, was... Uh, so theoretical and th so academic that it didn't help me to understand why some of those experiments worked and others did not. So and, you did some uh, random experiment. I mean, not quite random, I'm sure, but said, hey, what happens if we do this, this, this? Basically, yeah. did the hard work, had some things blow up for everybody else's benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and <clears throat> but, but this is where, this is where it ties into the four P's of marketing, because the reason that, that pricing as it's being taught in, in business school doesn't work is because it looks at pricing as pricing would live in a vacuum. Right. But pricing is not, does not live in a vacuum. Um, that pricing is part of the four P's of marketing is because all of those four P's affect each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you have a dud of a product and are trying to sell it as a, as, as a premium product with the price of a premium product, you're going to fail. Right. So it's more and, of an if-then matrix where like, if you have this, then you can do this. Or if you have that, then you can do this. Yeah. And, and, and I have to tell you this, there, there's, there's, there's a couple of groups on, on LinkedIn about pricing. And 
Um, I, a couple of years ago, in, in one of those groups, uh, one of the quote-unquote um, leaders in pricing um, asked the group, why do pricing projects so often fails? To which I responded, what? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 because uh, that is not my experience at all. Because when 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 we engage with clients, we are doing pricing, but we are also doing the other three piece of of, of marketing. Right. You know, we make sure that that yes, this is the price you should use. But it's also, this is how you should promote your product or service um, um, so, so that it defends, so that you, you can defend your pricing. Um, this is how you should target your customers because those are the customers that, 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 are, that will accept the price you have on, on your, on your, on your um, product. And, and, and this is how you should sell these, the, the product, because, um, because that is where you're going to sell the most at these prices. Right. It, it has to work together, basically. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. And certain products, I imagine, or certain verticals even, you might be a little bit hamstrung on what you can do with pricing just by the nature of the industry you're in, or is it really everything's pretty flexible as long as you change the other elements? There, there are certain industries, there are certain products with very strong um, reference prices. For example, um, you can't come up with an app and charge 25 bucks for it. It doesn't work because app prices, I mean, they're either $3.99, $4.99 or $9.99 and some are $19.99. But, but, um, but app prices have these very strong references. So no, you can't, but what you can do um, in, in, in the methodology that, that, that I developed is that you can find um, for apps um, what features and functions should be in front of a paywall in, in the free version and what should be um, behind the paywall. Or maybe if, even if you have two paywalls, what should be be behind each of them, you know? Right. So, um, so, so there are other ways of of tweaking. Um, again, really the, the the product of the four Ps, um, so that you can maximize your sales volume at the highest prices. So Meaning, you can still sell two hundred dollars worth of app, but you start out with either free or ninety nine cents, and then once yeah. they're addicted or see the actual value, now they're like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to pay ten bucks a month or whatever it is. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have several learning apps for my children that I probably pay five, $10 a month for. Mm -hmm. And I don't even pay attention if they use them anymore. I'm sold on the fact that it makes me a better dad that I pay for a learning app for my kids. <laughs> but, but here's a, here's an interesting, uh, another story um, this is another customer that, that has a, um, they were in the, they were in the process of developing a, a learning app and um the thing also that that apps is also we talked about the having reference prices, but <clears throat> the, the the they're also cheap. Apps are cheap, whether you like it or not, they are cheap. Um, so th the fact is that for for this particular customer, we could say that all right, your app is going to be valued this much. You can sell it for X, but 
if you have the same content expressed on the website, you can charge 10 times more. You know? Interesting. Yeah. Because because then then you're not in that reference land of very low prices. Right. So if, basically, if there was an open air marketplace that was the 99 cent store, you're kind of fixed on what you can sell stuff. But if you go to an open air marketplace, that's, you know, you know the, the equivalent of uh, some some high end store in Beverly Hills. Now you can sell the same stuff for way more because of the expected value within that marketplace. Yep. Yep. Interesting. What about the concept, uh, or maybe it's not a concept, I might be making it up, of like the $100 glass of lemonade? Can, can you do that in a marketplace where other people are selling it for 25 cents, say mine's $100? Is there part of those four Ps that allows somebody, and maybe it's PR, like if you're Lady Gaga, you can sell it for 100 bucks and you have all the attention around you? Yeah, you. I mean, I mean, it. it I mean, it's, it's the, the same. Yeah, it's the same thing as the three hundred dollar burger. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there's always going to be pe- people who who buy that hundred dollar uh, um, glass of of lemonade. They're not going to be many, and 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 you need to differentiate yourself in some way. You know, um, may, maybe. Maybe the the lemons are are, are sort of squeezed um, by you know squeezed by Japanese virgins or something like that, and <laughs> and, right. and for some people that add a unique value that makes it worthwhile a hundred bucks. There's not going to be many of them, but it's probably going to be very profitable. I do remember in the early in the apps um, there were a couple apps that were like here's this diamond app. And it's just a diamond on the screen and it's a thousand dollars. And basically it's showing people, look, I can spend a thousand dollars on nothing. Yep. Um, so I remember that too. <laughs> look how if you definitely have some rims on your car, if you have that app and there were these expensive apps that were solely for the purpose of look at my screen. I, you yep. know, I, I have money to throw away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there, there, famously there was um, in, in, um, I, in the in the end of the '90s, there was a phone company somewhere in Texas, I believe, um, that had a name saying "I don't care what it cost," whatever. The, I, I I don't remember the exact name, um, but it was like something like that. And and they had phone services, and and they had customers, and 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 they charged ten or twenty five times what what somebody else would charge. Yeah. It's know? called the uh, suckers born every minute phone can telecom or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had always wanted to make a cocaine snorting app where you could okay. have, you charge the same amount as if somebody was buying cocaine. It's just only on the screen and they get to snort Coke in the clubs legally. And maybe they kind of, they want to, you know, get off the Coke. This is, could, they could have it in rehab centers and you still get to pay for it and everything. So your lifestyle doesn't change much. Um, that might fit in one of those. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an angle there, right? Yeah, it is. It is. So, so there are situations where you can charge more as long as you're leveraging the other P's of, of marketing. Have we even mentioned what the four P's are? Uh, it, it is product, <laughs> place, promotion, and price. So Excellent. Excellent. So uh, actually, there's a there's another good story here on that. And and if you think about how you position your company in, in within those four P's, and that is 
Um, and I, I, this is something I read a couple of years ago where the, uh, where the CEO of Rolex was asked by some journalists to make a statement of the Swiss watch industry. And what he said was that, I don't know, we are not in the watch industry. <laughs> we are in the brand industry. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're the jewelry industry. Right. We, 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 are the, we are in the industry of, of um, just, just like those apps. Yeah. Um, you know, just only because you, you put a $25,000 watch on your, your, your wrist just to tell people that I got money to throw away. Right. You don't buy a Rolex to tell the time. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. So can, we, can you give some examples of some of the adjustments? So we have product, price, place, and promotion. Like you want to, I imagine, raise the cost of your product so you can make more profit as a company. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe there's situations where it makes more sense to lower it and you're actually going to make more. Um, and that's, it sounds like some of the experiments that you did were probably all around that. What can we do to justify either raising or lowering to make more? But when and how can you adjust the product place and promotion in order to either raise or lower your pricing to make more profit? The, <clears throat> when, when companies come to, to my firm um, and they say they have a pricing problem, they say, um, we can't, you know, we have to discount too much. And our, our business is stagnant, they, they say, and our competition is, is sells more. We, we, we can't sell against competition. Um, what all of these means is that um, there is a disease in the company and um, it's in pricing or the inability to hold pricing or having to discount too much. Those are the symptoms of the disease, but the disease itself lives in marketing. Right. Or sales also. I mean, you might or have sales, sales guys yeah. just trying to make the sale. You could have, especially a small company, maybe you got five sales guys and their manager just has them discounting constantly. The, the absolutely. And, and um, so, so, um, so when it, when it comes to then <laughs> the difference between um you know, companies talk to customers. That is good and bad. Because when a company talks to customers about, you know, their experience doing business with the company, their experience with the product or service, what the customers want eventually, um, what's missing in the product, uh, what they would more of a want more of in, in a product or a service, um, those customers lie <laughs> and 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 uh, well not everybody of course lie and some simply just withhold information um and and the reason they do this when you have this conversation between a a, a, a company and its customer base is that the customer knows that next time they buy from that same company they want more for the money or a lower price. Right. I mean, I if I go to a car dealership and say, if you have this model in white, I'll pay you another 2000 bucks. No, I won't. And you won't either. What you'll say <laughs> is, if you knock another $1,000 off the price, I'll buy it. 
you know? Right. <laughs> okay. And, and that's, that's sort of human behavior. So it's, it's always Im- incredibly important when, when, when companies, um, when companies talk to the companies need to talk to an entire marketplace, not customers. And for example, one of the, 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 one of the mainstays of, of, of customer satisfaction is, is this little short survey that, that we often get, you know, on a um, scale of one to 10, how, um, how likely are you to, to, uh, recommend this product yeah. to a friend or a, or do those surveys have any value at all anymore other than annoying? <laughs> um, well, you see the, the interesting thing is that, and, and this is some research, um, so that we have done. And what it says is that, um, 70% roughly of those who uh, respond to such a survey are those people who are happy with the product or service, <laughs> you know, right. um, 25% say that they can, they would answer, um, whether they are happy or unhappy and only about 5% would respond if they are definitely unhappy with the product or service. So what happens here is that, um, companies throw out these NPS surveys all the time and they just hear back from people who are happy. Right. (laughs) But I got the feeling that maybe it started out as something different, that those surveys were really just mechanisms now for a company to be able to say, we have customer satisfaction at a certain level in their marketing. It's there's there. Yeah. I mean, they're so high level that um, assuming you have good ratings it is used for one purpose only, and, and and that is for when the CEO walks into the, the the board of directors meeting and says, "We have a rating of seventy-eight, right?" But if the rating is is fourteen, it doesn't tell you what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I found. I mean, I've had multiple salespeople when buying stuff over the last probably two decades tell me at the end of the transaction, like, "Hey, we're going to ask you to do a survey. Anything." Yeah. Anything less than a 10 is like really bad for me. Yeah. Like if you could give me a 10, that would be great. And then I've had other places say like, hey, uh, are, you know, we're not even allowed to ask you about anything about it. But if you could take the survey because they're trying to stop the salespeople, I guess, from influencing it. But it, it just seems like, I, I don't know, those never seem to have much value to me yep. in what their purpose could be versus why they're actually what they use them for. Yep. And you know, I grade very toughly. I tend to, on a scale of things, never give a 10. You know, some yeah. people believe a 10 is impossible. The highest you can get is, and if you're always expecting 10s and people are going to grade differently, like there's, it, there's no measure against, it's not like it's a third party that's grading everybody within the same industry under the same standards and stuff. Yeah. The number means not whatever you want it to mean, kind of. Correct. But um, let's talk a little bit about the, the how, how these, um, four P's of marketing actually um, interacts. And, 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 and this, is, this is really the core in getting pricing right. And <clears throat> so what this really means is that if uh, different marketing messages will generate different sales volume at different prices. 
you need to know which marketing messages leads to the highest sales volume at the highest prices. Right. That's, that's where the, the profits goal. are. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. And, and likewise, product features or service features and benefits, all different products and all these different features and benefits will also always lead to different sales volume at different prices. And you need to know which of these features and benefits, whether it's a service or, or a product, that, that leads to the highest sales volume at the highest prices. And the same with sales, the sales methodologies, the sales meth messages, the, 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 um, um, you know, the type of sale, is it a one-time or is it a, um, is it a uh, um, subscription and stuff like that? All of these affects sales volume at different prices. So you need to know the sales methodology, et cetera, that leads to the highest sales at the highest prices. And finally, when it comes to customers, you need to know, and I'm talking you as, as companies. The royal uh, you, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, you need to know what customer profile will lead to the highest sales at the highest prices. Right. If you're targeting the small businesses and you want to do a high price, mm -hmm. you, you know, you probably need to target the people who will actually pay for it. We, we, um, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, we, we just a couple of examples here. We just did a, a project for, for a company that, that sells a business service. And what they said was um, we want to target people in, uh, not the major cities, the sort of next step down, because um, we think that that is a we, less competitive market. Well, lo and behold, um, those companies that were in minor cities as opposed to major cities um, would generate a sales volume that was almost half compared to companies in major cities. You know? <laughs> So unless, if, I mean, if they had actually identified a hole in the marketplace, then it could have been right. They could have said, wow, these cities are underserved. They shouldn't be. But you're saying it, it wasn't a hole in the market. There was a reason. The, that... <laughs> the, 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 this is, this is this, I'm, I shouldn't go into what the, the service is, but it's, a, um, it's something that every company, whether they located in the boonies or, or in a major city, uh, need this service. That's not an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but it, it was, I mean, just focusing their sales and marketing people, um, differently made a huge difference, you know? Now, are you saying it made a huge positive difference or negative? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So by focusing on the second tier cities, no, no, no. The other way around. Oh, by, okay. Yeah. By, because when, <clears throat> because potential customers that are located in large cities in major metropolitan areas had, had a willingness to, to pay or willingness to buy at high prices that was twice that of companies in, in, in minor cities. Is, is that just because, again, they're not in the 99 cent store, the big city is, their time is worth more, they're already expecting to pay more because I, everything I, costs I, more? I don't know what the reason why, but, but, but it meant that th this particular company had, had wasted so much time trying to sell to um to to clients that was not very interesting in in, in buying from them mm 
Right. Or at least not at the price that they need to not be selling at. Not as the price. At. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they wanted to run away from where there was higher competition and, and, and we're hoping they could find an easy pasture. That's correct. Basically. That's correct. And, and okay. So it's going to be a little bit more competition, but, but um, if, 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 if your closing rate is going to double. Right. You so know? They were the lion saying, Hey, there's a lot of people fighting over this water pool here. Let's go out in the middle of the desert. There's nobody there fighting. Like we can, let's go drink there. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, not, ex- I mean, that, that is taking it to the extreme. extreme but, yeah. Uh, very okay. much so. Um, I want to take a quick break and then we'll get right back into pricing. Also, we'll, we're going to uh, get into kind of what you guys do there at, um, I guess, whoop, I won't mention the wrong company name at uh, Showforce and Partners. Yes. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back with Pair Showforce and talking about pricing and the four P's of marketing. If you're not always on the lookout for new data sources for your sales and marketing, you're just not doing your job. I've got great news for you, though. You can go to topdatasearch.com, sign up for a free Top Data Search account, and use promo code IYM500 to get 500 contact download credits. Again, that's topdatasearch.com and promo code IYM500. Welcome back to the If You Market Podcast. We've got Pear Showforce here talking about pricing, the four P's of marketing. There are so many things to cram in here. We're just going to um, hop, or you know what? We're going to hop right back into it in a minute. But Pear, I want to give you the chance still. People don't even really know who you are other than Showforce and partners. Can you tell the audience what your company does, kind of who you are, I, I well, I started to say that I've been running companies where we did pricing experiments, and my company um, that is now Showforce and Partners, um, I started 13 years ago, and I started it 13 years ago with one mission, and that mission was to make every pricing experiment a success. And in order to do that, what we do is we do a particular kind of market research and a method that I figured out um, where we, that enables us to predict sales volume at different prices and predict how marketing in all its, um, uh, all the four P's of marketing affects that, um, that prediction of sales volume at different prices. That's I've made those spreadsheets trying to project things before and I, you've got it down. Apparently I've never got it right. <laughs> no, you need to do it. You have to do it the way, the way we do, which is a particular kind of online market research that, that goes out and, and can with great accuracy understand what, um, how, how a, a, a market, uh, meaning customers and non-customers to a, to a company, how they value um, how they value different features and functions and benefits, how they value different marketing messages, marketing channels, how they value different sales methods, how, and, and, and how all of this um, eventually boils down to um, recommendations on um, what customers to target, the best product and market fit, uh, the, the most optimum marketing and the most optimum um, sales ch- channel. And of course, a pricing strategy that minimize frictions and maximize sales. 
So you guys will come in and not just say, yeah, you're not charging enough, increase this pricing. You say these products have to go. This product needs to be marketed in a different way. Your, your sales team needs to stop discounting and, and you need to be selling to these people and not those. Like you come exactly and shift right. around a lot of pieces. That's exactly right. Hmm. And, and, um, and, the, and that is why that is among the 701 company <laughs> clients I've had over the years. I had four, I have 499 references, uh, 699 references. So you call it pricing experiments, but it seems like if it always works, it's not really an experiment. It's a practice. Well, no, I figured out the <laughs> process that would make every experiment a success. Right. You can, you call it an experiment to the client so that when it works, they're really happy, but you knew it was going to work ahead of time. <laughs> I know it's going to work. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. But, excellent. Um, so our listeners aren't necessarily, I'm sure some of them can look into your company and what you guys do and, and get the full treatment if they need it. But can you give some advice on particular things that people yeah. can, like, how can they identify if they even have a pricing problem? I imagine some people just think our business isn't doing well, but they don't know it's pricing or any of these other elements. Well, what <clears throat> issue is. well first off, we need to think uh, just a little bit on the psychology of pricing. Um, and <laughs> when we make a purchase decision, that purchase decision is an emotional decision always an emotional decision. Once we made our emotional decision, we go back and, and add uh, rationale to it. But the actual decision is always emotional. And um, that, <clears throat> what that means is that um, we make our, and, and we always make our, our um, decisions, buying decisions in context. If there is no context, we, in, we envision context. You know, we make up context ourselves and <clears throat> that that everything is done in context means that uh, as a buyer, you are manipulative. You can be manipulated. <laughs> manipulative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and this is done the, the easiest thing. And this is something that every company can do today that listens to, to me. Okay. There's something called um, expectation bias, okay? And <clears throat> what that means is that the, 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 um, the benefits of a product or a service is directly related to price. For example, it's been proven over and over again that a five-cent aspirin is not nearly as effective as a 50 cent aspirin right okay. right because we paid more for it so we expect more benefit and we get more benefits okay um so so um so that is something that you have to think about is my pricing high enough that it generates um an, an expectation of of good quality of good benefits or not so Okay. When people see your cost, do they think it's a cheap product just because it's inexpensive? Yeah, exactly. And if you if you if you price yourself, I mean, I don't know how many. Uh, I mean, an, another story. We worked with a local um, company here in, in uh, Los Angeles who has a they uh, do a business service in the cloud, um, and we said you can quadruple your prices. The result: sales went up twenty five percent. 
And not only that, they, they got a, a, a different kind of customers who are not price sensitive. Right. Um, so they become long-term customers. They actually learn the product and support cost went down with 80% for this company. Yeah. Less support, better customers. Yeah, more- exactly. The other thing that you can implement today in, in your companies is, is, is something called price anchoring. And this has to do with whenever we see a number of numbers, we are comparing them. So um, if, if you have on, on your website your prices, you should start with the most expensive prices because that sets an anchor point in our minds. So when we're looking at other products, um, those will appear more affordable. Interesting. So we, we have a pricing tier for some of our products and it usually starts at the lowest volume, which is the highest price. Mm-hmm. And then it goes up from there. We might benefit just from flipping that tier. So they see the lowest cost per first, and then it goes up as the volume goes down. It, um, it, it, you, you do that simple thing and, and you, your revenues are going to go up with two to 3%. Wow. Okay. So highest, that's a great little, tr- I mean, just highest price first. Yeah, exactly. The, and the, the, but I have to tell you that the, the most brilliant way I've ever seen this done was um, uh, when Apple came out with a watch, the Apple Watch, because they had the $349 version, but they also had a $17,000 version. And every magazine and newspaper that wrote about this launch talked about the audacity of having a piece of electronics, which is the same in these two, where the only difference is that the case is gold in one of them. Right. So is this, you have one lemonade stand and you're like, on this half I have, I'm pouring out of the same pitcher, but this is a hundred dollar glass lemonade and here's the 25 cent. Well, in a way, but, but um, I mean, that, that hundred dollar glass, you may, may take it through a golden strainer, you know? Right. Um, but the, the point is that everybody who wanted to buy an Apple Watch read about it. And they read about the 17,000 and the 349. And every time they read about it, that 349 became cheaper, not cheaper, but more and more and more affordable. Yeah. And they kept yeah. read, reading all the articles are saying how it's virtually the same watch. And they're like, awesome. I get a $17,000 watch for 399 or 349. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, we did another thing for um, a trade show down in Anaheim. And um, again, flipping so that um, the most expensive um, offer, which whatever it was, um, was first when you read it on the website. And, and in, in 10 days, it gave them another 100K. You know? Wow. Actually, maybe not even 10 days a week. So awesome. um, we are running out of time. So I want to cram in as much as we can here, but I, I want to make sure we keep moving forward. Any other quick kind of fixes, uh, even things, hey, make sure you're not doing this uh, type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're, they're, if you think about it, what, <laughs> how does most companies price? Okay. Well, there's two main three main methods, and they're all wrong. Um, first off, they look at their cost, and they say, 
okay, my cost is X, so I need to add a fixed margin. But the fixed margin or what the price that you end up with have nothing to do with the value that, that you deliver to the customer. You have to price to value. And um, different industries have sort of typical rules of thumb on, on how much uh, they should add, you know. In many manufacturing industries, you know, it's like 35%, 50%. In some industries, it's 10x, you know. Um, and none of this has to do with value. You know, it's just, so, so um, and <laughs> the other funny thing is that when you price using cost as a base for your pricing, if you manage to lower your cost, your price goes down. Right. You, you, <laughs> and you your margin goes down in dollars. Yeah. You've fixed you know? your profit margin, basically. Yeah, exactly. But you can always make less. That's the yeah. thing. If you have additional costs, so you're going to raise your price. How's that going to work out? Yeah, exactly. And so that's one mistake a lot of companies do. The other is to look at a competitor. Um, if your competitor happened to have prices on the web, okay, you can see their prices. Um Others, it's very hard maybe to get last year's price list or, you know, it's very difficult. Um, now, you still don't know at what price they actually sell because you don't know what deals they do. Right. You don't know what kickbacks customers do get. You don't know what bundles they, they do or products. So, so it's still, it is information that is pretty useless. And not only that, how did they get their prices? They were guessing maybe. <laughs> if they did it the wrong way and yeah, you copy exactly. them. <laughs> yeah. And that, that then brings me to, to the last mistake. And that is simply to stick a finger in, in the air and say, um, this is what the price should be. And um, I have to, another little story here. I spoke to the CEO of a company and he said, we are charging $160. I know it's the, maybe it should have been 99 Maybe it should have been $4.99. I don't know, but just $160 felt good. Now, what about starting at a low end and just continually moving it up? Like yeah, can you people could. Just, just, kind of, just kind of test the waters in that way? You, you could um, actually, um, you, you, sh you, you should test the water. There, there's something called, and there's something called price walls. And price walls happen almost always on even numbers. So 10, 15, 25, 50, 75, 100, and so forth, you know? Um, and, and it bothers me when I see somebody selling something for uh, $1,007. <laughs> no, it should have been 995 and you're going to sell 25% more. Right. You know? <laughs> That's just back to the psychology of it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, the the um and, and this also goes to then pricing on the nine is that when we read a price, you know, um we read a price, let's say uh three zero zero zero. Okay. Um so that to our minds is um three hundred something. Okay. Right. Whereas two nine 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 is two hundred something. Yeah, you might as well go to three nine nine nine. And I I remember back in my sales uh, managing days having a, a salesperson. I'll make this really quick. 
and customer was asking for a discount and I looked at it and I don't remember the, it might've been like 5,000 and change. And I was like, great, make it 4,000, you know, 900. Yep. Um, and he was like, that's not even like, that's such that's the percentage was very small. I said, that doesn't matter. All he wants is he asked for it. He wants you to take something off, just get down below the next big thing, which is almost yep. nothing. So you're lucky if it was 5,999, you might have to actually, you know, you want to get a quick sale. You'd have to actually discount. Yep. Um, but here you could take off one penny and you get down into the next bracket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I, again, I remember I, I advised the manufacturing company several years ago and, and we just looked at their top 20 SKUs and moving, you know, 47 to 49.95, um, moving, um, uh, you know, 51 to 49.95, um, it, it so that's price it, adjustments it, you can do purely on psychology that's not yeah. even messing with the other piece of marketing no, no and and you know this this it took me five minutes and i made them hundred fifty eight thousand. you know <laughs> so for everybody listening hey you, you had to listen for longer than five minutes to get there i apologize for that that's just how long the show is but uh yeah a couple quick fixes that can uh possibly yeah. bring in a lot more revenue there yeah exactly but the, the 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 i mean the the real benefit the big benefits and, and we're talking here about the ability to uh double the size of a company um or w within within a very short period of time is from um understanding the the true relationship with, between all these four pieces of marketing so you price right you have the right product market fit. You have the right marketing. You have the right sales. So then you can really optimize yeah. your pricing there. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on today, Pear. Um, this has been, I feel like, the tip of the pricing iceberg here. So many more things we could get into. But uh, if you want to know more about uh, pricing and adjusting like this, um, check out uh, Pear on, on uh, LinkedIn. You also have uh, sofors.com. And uh, what's you, Atenga is no longer the company. Do you have no, it's not only the company. There? No, it is um, showforce.com. And uh, but uh, maybe the easiest way is to you can always start do Google search on my name. Um, that finds me all over the place. <laughs> and it's P E R S J O F O R S. We'll have it in the show notes, of course. So just go and find the links there to, to look them up or or uh, play some. Uh, LinkedIn search bingo there with some yep. trying out some different spellings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, or if you're Swedish like me, it makes perfect sense and not yep. difficult to spell. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, check out the show notes. That's uh, ifyoumarket.com, uh, showforce.com, S-J-O-F-O-R-S.com. And please follow us on social media on behalf of the If You Market team and pair Showforce of Showforce and Partners. Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast, where we believe if you market the shit out of it with the right pricing, they will come. Thank you very much, Sky. Um, if 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 you want to have me on the show again, you know, I'll be happy to. I have so many more notes talking about different pricing techniques and and skimming and penetration pricing, and premium pricing, economy pricing, and bundle pricing. Oh, that's that, that is just bullshit. Skimming. And penetration is bullshit. Oh, wow. I might, I might make that the quote for your uh, 
promo yeah. stuff that's not even in the show. I can I, tell I, you, I, I, I said the story of, of um, this, this, this guy who said, why do pricing experiments fail? The guy who came up with skimming and penetration pricing is that guy. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I have to ask you a question. We're still recording. Yep. Do you mind if I include a chunk of this in there uh, no, or should I not? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't want to throw that in there and have you be like, holy cow, I didn't know we were recording. He uses the introduction of Lexus as as an example of this. Okay, on on how I mean, what Lexus are Toyotas, you know, and and say how their introduction in in the states was this uh, this penetration pricing to to gain market share, and that they should come in at two thirds of the price of a Mercedes S Class. Okay, for 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 what they did. Um, and, and that that was the reason for their success. And then after that, they raised prices. What he forgot to say is that Mercedes-Benz also raised their prices. And in fact, if we go and check now the, the, the difference between an LS and a, and a, and a Mercedes S-Class, the LS is still two thirds of the price of a, right. <laughs> you know, just. And also there's a lot of other market values people may say, Oh, we did this because of that. It may have been a reaction more than a proactive activity yeah. sometimes but, with your adjusting. Yeah. But again, he uses that as the example for how good penetration pricing is. So, all right. So, Pear says bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Should you find yourself in need of targeted lists for your sales and marketing campaigns, have a look at topdatasearch.com. Our platform lets you quickly and easily search and download lists with email, phone, mailing address, everything you need for your sales and marketing campaigns. So if like many of our clients, you're sick of the high cost, poor data quality, and poor service of your current list provider, go to topdatasearch.com and get a free account, no seat fees, no subscription necessary. You only pay for data when you need it. Use the promo code IFUMARKET1000 and get an extra 1,000 free download credits. That's topdatasearch.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.